Okay. Well, it's my pleasure to introduce Marty Peterson. She's one of my favorite preachers. She always brings the anointing. And I have to say, uh, as someone who over-prepares when he preaches, it's amazing to me that Marty is my dad's go-to person because whenever he has an emergency, he knows that she already has a sermon ready. So we're in for a treat today. <laughs> Thank you, David. Well, 50 years of preaching, I better have a couple sermons ready. Okay, thank you, Jeremiah, for the uh, commercial about the prayer room before church. Everybody's invited from 9.30 to 10.30. Just come in anytime and pray. It's really a wonderful atmosphere. And also, I want to plug, since, since I'm up here, David, I want to plug our uh, prophetic class that we do after church most Sundays. On the first of the month, we do the prophetic uh, ministry but today we'll be doing class afterwards, so it's open for everyone. So praise the Lord. It's good to be here. Thank you, Lord. I ask that you'll direct my words. And, Father, that everything that should be said will be said. And anything that I shouldn't say, I won't say. Okay, thank you, Lord. Let's turn to Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. And I was amazed today how many of the songs that Tina chose that were about the love of God, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height we have no idea how big that is. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And so the thing is that the Lord has been speaking to me. I've spoken to several young people lately. And when you ask them, do you know that God loves you? They will say, I feel, I know it here in my head, but I don't feel it here. And that happened to me when I was in my 20s. I want to tell a little bit about my story. Um, my mother died when I was six, and my dad left for the mission field six months later. He left us with his parents. He really didn't know what else to do. He had a call, and I'm just going to say that the, the six years that they raised us uh, left a lot of issues in my heart and some anger and some bitterness. And then I had a really good year with one of my aunts, and then we spent a year in Nicaragua, and then I spent my high school with another aunt and uncle. And let's just say those weren't very good years either. And I've made um, amends with them and fellowship with them. But there were wounds, things that happened that uh, caused me to have problems in my heart and in my soul. I had no confidence. You guys see me up here. You have a hard time believing that. I was shy. I felt unwanted. I felt unworthy. felt unloved. I felt I had no voice. I had a terrible inferiority complex, and I tried to take up as little space as I can because when you're living, uh, you know, you feel like, well, you know, really, they're just 
letting me be here and you just try to take up as little space as you can. I tried to please everyone and I had an orphan spirit, which means nobody else is going to help me. I have to take care of myself. And so as a Christian, I knew that I had to forgive those that had hurt me. So years before anybody talked about inner healing, I knew I needed the Lord to heal my heart. Now, and our soul, our soul is the part of us that makes us who we are. That's our mind and our will and our emotions and our memory and our personality. If we didn't have a soul, we would all be the same because the soul is what makes us different. And in James 1.21, it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Now, when we accept the Lord Jesus, we are born again. We are saved. Our hearts are changed. Our spirits are in fellowship with the Lord. But sometimes there are things that hinder that walk with God. And so 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. And I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the Bible, every part of us, our spirit, we are spirit beings. We have a soul and we live in a body. So there are some people that have complained. They say, well, is he inner healing scriptural? Well, I don't know, but I asked the Lord that. So I uh, found Luke 8, 5 through 8, and this to me is a symbol of our inner man. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell upon a rock or a hard place, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked it. Ooh. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And we all want to be that good ground. We, I mean, don't you think that we, when we read this scripture, we're like, I want to be the good ground. We don't want to be the thorny ground or the ground with the rocks. And I think with farmers, if, it's almost like the rocks multiply. And you have to clear them out periodically. So don't quote me. I'm not a farmer. But what happens is that these things are caused by unforgiveness. I felt like I did have thorns in my heart because of the feelings that I had. And I do, and I do appreciate the fact that they did take my twin sister and I and my brother in. But there was a lot of unforgiveness, bitter roots, Spirit of offense, believing lies. You know, the enemy will take anything he can to cause us to um, have these issues so that we can't be filled with the fullness of God. You see in that first scripture that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Anything in our hearts that keeps us from being filled with the fullness of God then we need to allow the Holy Spirit to help us to get rid of these things. So the Lord gave me a scripture years ago in my 20s 
Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. This is the Amplified. And this scripture became very real to me. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the poor and the afflicted. So this is the first thing. Chris and all of the evangelists, they go out and they preach to the poor and the afflicted. And then hopefully they receive the word. So this is something that we need to receive the word of God into those areas and allow him to help us not be poor and afflicted. Then the second thing in the scripture, he sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us have been brokenhearted at something, another, in our lives? Now, the thing about being brokenhearted is that it can be bound up and healed. And the Holy Spirit can pour into that broken heart. And there can be healing of the broken heart. Then the third thing I see, he proclaims liberty to the physical and spiritual captive those that are captured or caught by something it can be anything there's a lot of things that can capture us that keep us from being free and uh, Israel went through captivity they were unable to return to their own country for many years and they had to live in a strange place and so if we have been caught captive some people are caught captive by drugs Some people are captive by they don't feel loved. Some people are captive by having feelings of hatred and anger towards God. Some people are captive because they feel hopeless. We don't want to be captives as Christians. We want to be victorious. We want to be overcomers. And then the next thing is the opening of the prison And of the eyes. This is the Amplified, and I I wanted to use this because not only is the prison opened, our eyes are opened. That our eyes are opened to whatever it is that is hindering us and also open to what it is that God has done for us. Now, uh, Paul and Silas were bound when they were in prison. Remember, Paul and Silas were in jail, and they were put into the inner prison, the dungeon, and their feet were fastened in the stocks. So when I read this part about those that are bound, this is what I see, that they've been put in the inner prison and they are bound. And let's just say that the Lord needs to do a work in us to get to the very deep areas of our life and in our heart, and in our soul, so that these bondages can be loosed. And the thing is that many times, my, my nephew uh, had been a drug addict for many years, from when he was like 17 until he was 40. And he told me, he said, I was a functioning drug addict. And he came back to the Lord, and now he has an orphanage with 88 children in Haiti, and God is so good. But sometimes we're functional Christians. We function, but we have bondages. We're held captive. We have broken hearts, and we aren't even really aware of them. 
And I'm just going to say last night that I mentioned, I think men have a harder time with this than women because we ladies, we access our emotions a little easier. And so the Lord gave me this. And also then on further down, it says to comfort all those who mourn. There are people that cannot seem to get free from mourning about something. They, they are always sad. They, they, have, they have ashes instead of the beauty. And they have, God wants to give them the joy instead of mourning. He wants to give them praise instead of a heavy, burdened, failing spirit. Because he wants us to be called the planting of the Lord, the oaks of righteousness. And as I was reading this, I just loved it. It says, lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God. Okay, I'm not a very tall tree here. But, um, you know, so here we are. God wants us to be these strong trees of righteousness. You know, and there can be a tree that you look at and it looks okay, but actually it can be very rotten on the inside so it looks strong but here comes a hurricane in florida that tree falls over we don't want to be that tree we want to be trees that are by the river of water god is glorified it said when we're trees of righteousness it's right in that scripture that god may be glorified that he may be glorified. We glorify God when we're walking in righteousness. So many times I prayed these scriptures and I allowed the Holy Spirit to cause memories to rise up, feelings. Sometimes you have to struggle a little with the feelings that rise up in a memory, unforgiveness, and I was able to allow them to rise up when the Lord brought them to my memory, and I would release them. And I began to forgive my uncle that was extremely controlling and other issues that I don't want to share here. I was able to forgive. I was able to let go. I, that doesn't mean that you forgive, that, you, that you're excusing things that people did, but you're giving it to God. Because when we hold on to it, we're the ones that are hurt. When we hold on to those things, you know, even the best parents do things that wound their children without meaning to. And when, when a child holds on to that, then it causes anguish in their own soul. So now, is inner healing scriptural? Well, I found that Jesus had great tender compassion for wounded women. Remember the woman at the well that had five husbands? And he said to her, you know, I'm the Christ. It, isn't it amazing that that's who he revealed himself to? Because he actually had not been that clear with anybody else. But he saw something in her heart. Just like he's seeing something in our hearts today. That he can reveal himself to us. 
and he revealed himself to her, and many in her village were saved. And I believe that she was healed from the wounds of whatever she had gone through with those five husbands, and now the man that she was with was not even her husband. He had compassion for her. The woman caught in adultery. The Pharisees were ready for him to accuse, but he said, where are your accusers? Go and sin no more. So that's what he's saying to us today. If we've been caught up in something, he's saying, where are your accusers? Go and sin no more. And Mary Magdalene had seven devils that Jesus cast out of her. And the, the love and compassion that he showed in the Bible, because he knew that we needed to be whole spirit, soul, and body. Titus, it says, after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared. I'm so thankful for the kindness and love. In my own life, because I was very wounded, I was wounded with broken heart, with a lot of issues in my life. And the Lord healed me. He healed me. It says, not by the works of righteousness, Titus 3, 4 and 5 and 6, if you can find it. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Yes, do you have a tissue? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, David, I walked out of the square. <laughs> okay. Um, he saved us. He saves us completely. He saves us with every part. He doesn't just save us a little bit, but he wants to save us completely. By the washing of regeneration, I love this. And another place, the, another scripture that talks about being washed by the word. God washes us. You know, and the thing that I like about it is that, you know, when you're a little kid and you go out and play, you get dirty all over. And you can come and take a bath every night and you can clean that dirt off of you. And I think people that really want to walk closely to the Lord, we want to constantly clean our hearts before the Lord and allow him to cleanse us. It says cleansing bath of the new birth and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Whoo, had a little renewing this morning when Jeremiah laid hands on me. Thank you, Lord. I looked at him. I said, I think we're both going down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He doesn't just give a little bit. He wants to give it all. When I was 45, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So actually, we went to Toronto. And... You know, my husband had been married, we'd been married about 17 years, and, you know, I don't know, most of us, when we are in marriages, marriages can also create issues of unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness, and the Lord just cleansed my heart. When we came home, we began to have a move of God in our church in Costa Rica, and I cried. That's all I could do. I cried. I cried. I cried. Seemed like every time I turned around, I was crying. What was I doing? Well, a friend of mine said, cry it all out so the Lord can fill you back up. I was crying out those thorns and the rocks and the, 
you know, the trodden down places so that I could become good ground. And the Lord worked with me. He would, I would be crying and he would say, Marty, you've got to let go of this people pleasing thing. That doesn't please me. And then I would repent and I would cry some more. And then he would come and he would say, you need to release this anger towards whatever, so-and-so, and I would have to release it for, I said last night, six months. Honestly, it was a long time. I just cried. Those tears just washed my heart. And when I came out of that, that I was a different person. Because of the love of God, because he cares about the things that we've experienced, whether it was in childhood, whether it was in marriage, whether it was uh, in anything else in life. The good thing about this is that God continually wants to cleanse our hearts and cause there to be nothing between us and God that we can be filled with the fullness of God. And so even as an adult... I'm not going to go into it, but when my dad died, I went through some things with a member of the family, and it was very, very hard. Um, came back, and I was pretty much a basket case. And you think, I thought, Lord, I thought I was past this. I thought that I had matured enough that I could overcome. And Sherry dealt with me because I was literally a basket case. I had never been in that emotional state. So some of it was the death of my father, but a lot of it was from the family member. And so we have to release these things to God because what they do is eat on us, not on us, and cause us to be the ones that get crippled up with sickness because of that root that is bitter it says in hebrews that the bitter root defiles many it defiles those all around us have you ever been around somebody that's very bitter that that spirit will get off on you and you feel you just feel yucky because of the bitterness that is on them god wants us to be people full of joy god wants us and i will say this that i love life I love life. I enjoy life. I want to enjoy life to its fullness. And I want to enjoy my king. I want to enjoy a relationship that when I come before the Lord, that I'm able to say, here I am, Lord. It says in Hebrews that we're exposed before him. So when we're exposed before him, that there's nothing to be afraid of because he loves us. And we're able to do that. We all need someone that we can open up to. You know, the Bible says confess your faults one to another. But that we can also open up to the Holy Spirit and not be afraid. So last time I spoke, um, I spoke on soaking prayer. And the thing about soaking prayer is it's a time when we come and we quiet our heart, our mind, our bodies, and we wait upon the Lord. Now, one of the reasons that I really love soaking prayer is because I have used it as an instrument of inner healing, and I would go before the Lord, and I would pray Isaiah 61, and I would say, Lord, if I've got an area of brokenheartedness, 
Lord, if I'm held captive by anything, Lord, if there's any bondages in my life, Lord, if there's any sorrow, any mourning, and I would pray it, and whenever I would begin to soak, I would go through memories and experiences and ask the Lord if everything was taken care of there, like my unhappy childhood memories. And I would pray, I prayed through my mama's wreck because I was in the wreck with my twin sister when she was killed. And I prayed through my sister's death at 30. And I, I prayed through the different things. And now I'm praying through some more recent things because we need to constantly allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and bring us freedom, real true freedom. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I would ask the Lord, is anything hindering my relationship? I want to be able to receive your love. Remember when I started out saying that there are so many young people especially, but I know older people too, that if you ask them, do you believe that God loves you, that they find it difficult unless they've really experienced the love of God or that they've really uh, come into a close, intimate relationship with him that they often feel unworthy and inadequate and unable. And I just, today, I want to encourage us, all of us that are here today, to come to the Lord and say, what is hindering me in my relationship with you? Is there anything, do I have any of those stones and any of those thorns in my life? A lot of times we don't even know. Lord, I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to be filled with all, do you want to be filled with all the fullness of God? I want to be filled with all the fullness of God in every way. And the thing that I love about it is that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, I've always thought that was an interesting scripture, the power that works in us. Well, what is that power that's working in us? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in us. We work with him and he works with us. He works with us according to the salvation. A lot of people just simply don't know how to get free. Now, this is, this is Inner Healing 101A because this is just a tiny little thing to get you started. So this is something that God has given me personally. We also have people in the church that do sozo. I'm sure there's probably people that do theophostic. Jeanette Bakke ministers to people for inner healing. So if you need more, which most of us, I'm just going to be completely honest. I prayed this prayer in Isaiah 61 over myself many times. One time we went to San Jose to uh, Paul Yonggi Cho was speaking. And he spoke about, do you want to be the bitter waters of Mara or the oasis of Elam? And as he spoke about the bitter waters that Israel, they were bitter and they complained to God. 
And on the way home, it was a four-hour drive, and Kim and Harry fell asleep in the back, and Ray was driving, and I began to pray in the spirit. And I began to pray four hours all the way home. I prayed in the spirit, and I released things to the Lord. I released things. Some of them were little things. Some of them were big things. And I began to lift them up to the Holy Spirit, and I'd say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that I had that ought against somebody. I didn't realize that I had was holding that against someone. And I would repent. And I tell you, by the time I got home, I thought I'd lost 100 pounds. I felt so light. I felt so free because I had let it all go. We have to be willing to let it all go. We have to be willing to let it all go. Romans 8, 35 and 39. Who shall separate us from Christ's love? Who? Are we going to let any person separate us from Christ's love? I don't want anybody to get between me and Christ's love. Any person. Woo. You know, every once in a while the Lord convicts me because I'm sure it's just me. None of you are like this. But there's certain people that can cause you to just kind of go a little bit. I'm sure none of you are like that. So then there'll be a little eek, and I'm like, oh, that's very Costa Rican. (laughs) And then it'll happen again, and I'll go, and the Lord will say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop that. Cleanse that out of your heart. I remember one time we were in the, the, I was in the lobby at Holly Street and talking to people and somebody walked through and I had that little, you know, Holy Spirit doesn't let you get away with it. I'm just saying, he's like, Marty, you go greet that person and you stop this. And so I did like, you know, during a break in the service and I went and I, I just greeted them. I didn't tell them, you know, you, you really don't have to go say, you know, whenever I saw you, I had this bad feeling. No, that's not the way to do it. I just went and greeted them and asked the Lord to forgive me for the ink that I had. <laughs> Who will ever separate you from Christ's love? Nobody if we don't let them. Okay, shall suffering and affliction and tribulation or calamity or distress, calamity or distress, persecution or hunger or destitution or peril or a sword. Even it is written, for your sake we are put to death all the day long. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yea, amidst all these things, amidst all these things, I'm not going to get political, but there are people all over the world that are being killed for being Christians. So we need to realize that these little things that are in our lives that keep us from the full joy of the Lord and keep us from moving on with God and keep us with triggers that things happen. And boy, we get triggered. God wants us to be clean from those so that we can have his fullness. Amidst all these things, we are more than conqueror. 
and gain a surprising victory. Hallelujah. Through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded beyond doubt. I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things pending or threatening or things to come. This must be amplified, David. So, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in creation, anything in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He asked me this morning what version I was preaching from last night, and I said it was probably Marty Extemporaneous. Extemporaneous. Can't say the word. <laughs> but I think it's amplified. Nothing is able to separate us. If you're not able to feel the love of God, then we need to come to the Lord with cleansing in our hearts and say, cleanse me, purify me. Let everything be gone that should not be there. And it can go all the way back to the past or it can be something that happened this morning that we don't want to keep it. Now, to my, to my Nicaraguan ladies, I'm always telling them, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. But there are some things that are deep, that are in bondage. And what I have found is that the Lord will take us through a cycle of healing. And then, six months later, you're like, ooh, he's taken me through another cycle of healing. Because he wants to get down to the very, 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 very deepest levels in our heart. Thank you, Lord, that he doesn't do it all at once, David, or we would just be like, oh, but he does it gradually. He does it lovingly. He brings us into a place of knowing his love. So right now, I want us to just wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. If you feel like this is you in any way, ask the Lord right now. We're going to do a short healing. To reveal a memory to you. Thank you, sweetie. Hallelujah. How does this memory make you feel? Does it make you feel you have no voice? Does it make you angry? Do you feel like there's unforgiveness there? Do you need to forgive someone in this memory? Do you repent? You need to repent from making an inner vow. If you don't know what an inner vow is, when I was 12 and my grandparents left, and as they drove off, I was standing in the driveway of our house in Lake Wales, and I, as a kid, and I'm like, I don't care if they leave. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Let them go. Let them leave. And then I made a vow. I said, I'm never going to trust a grown-up again. As a 12-year-old kid, I'm never going to trust a grown-up again. I had to repent of that inner vow. Had to repent. Sometimes we say things out of our woundedness, out of our anger, out of our unforgiveness. Do I need to break an unhealthy or ungodly soul tie to someone? If you've been involved with someone that was not a good thing, you need to break off the soul tie. You need to break off whatever binds you to that person. Do I need to surrender something to Jesus? 
right now all of us in this place there are things that we can surrender to the Lord can surrender to the Lord ask the Lord to break off generational curses physical or emotional or spiritual or soulish there can be curses that have come in our family and we can ask the Lord to break off these generational things and give us generational blessings instead. We want to have generational blessings in our lives. Ask Jesus to come into this memory or this situation. Ask Jesus to reveal the lies and to show you his truth. What would you like to say to him right now? to the Holy Spirit, to God the Father, to Jesus. What would you like to say right now? Come, sweet Holy Spirit. Come right now. Let your anointing be in this place and minister freely to our hearts and our souls. We open up our hearts and our souls to you right now. We open up our memories, Lord, to you. We ask for you to bring cleansing and healing and things that have bothered us maybe for years and we didn't even know what it was. Lord, we ask for that oil of the Holy Spirit to pour right now in Jesus' name. To pour in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, there are some of you that you've already done this in your hearts, your minds, your spirit, that you've really received a lot of healing from the Lord. But I know that there are some here that you have not, and the Holy Spirit really wants to minister to you. And wants you to take this with you and wants you to implement this in your life and begin to continually ask the Lord to heal you so that we can receive the fullness of the Lord. That we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Just tell him right now, Lord, I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to be filled with your fullness, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Steve Philo has a ministry team, so if you feel like you need continued prayer, just come on up. Come on up to the front. You can kneel down or you can stand. doesn't matter. And you have a team, Steve. And Steve and his team will minister to you today. So just we thank you, Lord, for what you have done here today. Thank you that you love us so much. You never give up. You never give up on us. You never give up on us. Hallelujah. 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 Thanks so much, Marty. Didn't I tell you we were in for a treat this morning? So I felt led. I, I wasn't going to do this, but I just want to say, if you don't know 100% that you're on your way to heaven, the first step in inner healing is to get right with God. So I'm going to have everybody bow your heads right now.
And if you know that today is your day to get right with Jesus Christ, I want you to make eye contact with me. And that's your way of telling me that today is your day to get right with Jesus Christ. If you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, don't let today go by. So if you don't, if you're making eye contact with me, I'm going to believe that you're letting me know this is your day. I'm looking to my left. I'm looking to in the middle. If I don't see you, raise your hand. I know there's somebody here who hasn't done it. Okay. Well, Lord, for this person that you put on my heart, I pray that uh, they will get right with you on their own, Jesus. All they have to do is say yes to you. So don't let them go today, Lord. Don't let today end without this person saying yes to you in Jesus' name. For everyone else, thank you for being here. I want to say a blessing over you. So may you go with that spirit that Marty was talking about, knowledge of the grace of Jesus Christ, knowledge of the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a blessed week.